Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Lugamill. Thank you very much for joining me. If you were wondering what happened to the recap and rant last week, I was wondering that myself until opening the uh, program in which I post my, uh, or I should say the website. I go through Megaphone. Uh, that's what we use it for uh, everybody with Waypoint uh, Outdoor Collective. Uh, so when I went on there to set this one up, I uh, noticed it said still processing for last week's recap and rant. So uh, got that figured out. I had to like delete the thing, clear my cache, all this other stupid garbage. Uh, but it went through this time. So I'm doing this one. You're going to get double dose of recaps and rants for better or worse. <laughs> so uh here it goes. This one is a this is a jam-packed one because uh, it's not just a weekend endeavor. Uh, I was pretty busy all last week. My brother and nephew were up, and uh, so I mean, I basically I don't even call it. We just went fishing, or I guided them for three days. However you want to, however you want to say it. Um, and so asking them what they wanted to do, my brother really the the one you hear is up here. I took him to the Mississippi River. And we caught a bunch of smallmouth, and uh, he really likes it when we do. We've done that a couple times now, and uh, he has a, a real good time doing that. Um, there was a time, 
I think the first time I brought him up there, he hooked into what probably was his PB smallmouth and uh, lost it. My daughter happened to be there and filming at the time on her phone, and we got to watch his frustration as the line snapped and he turned around and smashes the Mississippi River with his rod. Um, It's hilarious. And if I'm ever in a bad mood, I just need to watch that. It brings great joy to me. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's hilarious. Anyways, so I think part of it is it's a, it's just really fun. Uh, B, he's still wants revenge and he wants to get that PB smallmouth. And C, and probably the biggest one of all, and I agree with him on this one, as he said, he's like, there's just something super cool about... Um, Fishing in open water when it's below freezing and there's snow everywhere. And I and I couldn't agree more. I love going up there in the winter. Um, I like I really like going there, well, midweek because then it's not busy. It's, it's not exactly a secret. Um, I like going up there midweek. It's less busy. And I really like going when it's like 20 below zero because then all the riffraff is gone and I'm basically the only one stupid enough to get, <laughs> to, to go out there. Uh, so anyways, yeah, we, we headed out there, and uh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, it was funny. We stopped at Vado's uh, bait on our way up to get to get our sucker minnows, and uh, we did grab a couple artificials just in case we were going to try it. And I grabbed a pack of hooks, and, and I had two packs in my hand. I'm like, ah, one should be fine. That, that should have told me right then and there that something was amiss. But anyways, um, I go up to get the suckers, and I tell the guy, he's like, well, how many do you need? I'm like, six dozen. He's like, how, how many do you need? I said, six dozen. He's like, six, like a dozen? I'm like, yeah, six dozen. <laughs> he was like, I go, we're not tip-up fishing for pike. <laughs> we're headed to the river. And then he's like, oh, okay. Well, six dozen suckers is not a cheap, uh, it's just not cheap. It's. I think that was one of the things he was taken aback by. But um, we, I, I'm, if you just go up there with a couple dozen, you're only going to fish for 30 minutes. I mean, usually when I go out there, you get hit like on every drift damn near. Uh, and some years or I should say some days that I've gone up there, the bite's been a little tougher and it takes a few drifts to get bit and they'll only eat it live and they won't touch artificials. And then other years they're just snapping or other days they just snap. And there was one time, so there's times I've run out of bait out there where I have looked around for anything I could find to use as a lure. I used a white feather I found on shore, just hooked it. I mean, I didn't do it. I just hooked it. I mean, it kind of looked like a minnow, right? And I put a little slip, uh, split shot right next to the hook, so it was kind of like a jig. And, yeah, I didn't crush, but I did end up catching um, at least a fish on that, if not two. And another day, I, there was nothing like that around, so uh, the, the plastic bag I had brought out there, white plastic bag, I had ripped some of that and twisted it up and made a little makeshift thing, kind of minnow-shaped. Did the same thing, put a little split shot, basically made a jig and caught a couple fish that way. Yeah, again, wasn't smashing it. I caught the stupid ones, but whatever, it still worked. So I needed to get in the habit of just bringing some um, artificials just in case. Uh, so we did do that. I had a couple soft plastics. So we got out there, 
And my brother started fishing with uh, artificials right away, which the pike really, really enjoyed uh, as he got cut off multiple times. Uh, they also really enjoyed the sucker minnows. I've never had so many pike in a trip out there. It was unreal. And there was a specific spot where it seems like they were all hanging out. And so we're going through hooks left and right. We're going through bait left and right. Thankfully, they're just they're snapping today or that day. And they were, you know, you'd catch one and didn't matter. Rehook the sucker, find a spot, and they would eat the dead ones. They were just, they were biting like crazy. That was the first 20 minutes was just like ridiculous. We were all hooked up at one point in time. I don't think we ever had like a legit triple because somebody would lose a fish or whatever. But um, there were multiple times where we were all hooked up at the same time. No true giants this trip. Uh, I caught a couple that were really nice, probably one that was like right around three, one that might have been four. It's pretty close. Didn't have it. Didn't bring a scale or a measuring device, which add that to the list of things I need to bring with me when I go out there. Um, also, don't skimp on the hooks. Uh, ran I, we ran out thanks to the stupid pike, but that's never been an issue before. Sure, sometimes your you know your weight gets snagged in the rocks, and then you know you got to retie and you lose a hook here and there. But it's this was re, went through an entire pack of hooks like that's never happened before. It's never even gotten close to happening before. So just dumb. But uh, so I had that other pack of hooks in my hands. I should have just bought it. Like of all the things, just bought six dozen sucker minnows, and I didn't want to throw up another two and a half dollar package of hooks like how stupid <laughs> what a dumb thing to put back on the shelf uh so anyways i'm gonna come with loaded with hooks loaded with the uh, split shots uh also forgot my pliers again so pliers need to be brought down there some sort of measuring device um what i really need to make up is like a a designated like backpack Almost like take like a, have you guys ever seen that like trapper, like a wicker trapper basket, you know, like put the traps in there and you actually can throw like your pelts or, you know, like get some muskrats or beavers or whatever. And it's just, it's like a backpack. You wear it like a backpack. That's, that would be so handy because it sucks just carrying like your, your, you know, even if it's in a, a plastic bag with handles, you know, carrying your bait down there and then you got your rods and reels and tackle and all this stuff. It'd be so nice to just put it on your back. And just all you have to carry are your poles. That would be beautiful. So I'm thinking, not that I do this a ton, um, but it would be pretty easy to maybe I just find an old backpack or something, but come up with some sort of designated winter river backpack. I mean, I guess I could use it in the summer if I ever did some like river rat bank fishing for cats or something. So it could be multi use. But anyways, just have all that stuff. Never have to like pack it. Just have, you know, buy an extra tape measure and throw it in there. Buy an extra uh, scale, throw it in there. Buy an extra pliers. You know, just everything you could possibly need. Just just throw it in there. Some line, some leader line, you know, all that all that stuff. And just just have it in there. Then wouldn't have to worry about it. So that's a great idea. Will I do it? Probably not, but I'm at least in the conception stage. <laughs> it's a very important part. Uh, so maybe I'll do it. We'll see uh, if I find time to get down there again. Um, maybe that'll be the motivation to to do that. If nobody has done that, I recommend it. It's pretty fun if you don't know where to go. Um, well, I mean, I'm a guide. I could probably... I could probably help you out. Uh, so keep that in mind. So that was that day. 
ton of fun. And, uh, we, well, before I close that story out, it got down to where we had no hooks left. We had like eight suckers left. But what I did have is, I guess I technically did have a hook left because one of the rods and reel combos I brought over uh, out there was my one of my Senko rods for summertime. So it had a big 5 aught worm hook on it. So obviously I'd cut that off and put on the right rig. So that was the last hook that we had. So we've hooked that on and just we're like, well, well they're snapping. So we just, you know, hooked a minnow on there and drifted it out there. And, and it did um, hinder the presentation. We didn't get bite nearly as a bit, nearly as much, but we did get bit. We did catch fish. And there was a particular northern that, that I swear was the same fish that we kept hooking into that would just take us for a run and then snap us off. Um, so I think there was a pretty big one in there. We did end up catching, I would say, a nice one. I wouldn't call it a big one. So I'm not sure if that was the one that we kept getting, but I really wanted revenge on the one that was breaking us off. And the one we caught, while well, it was probably three, four pounds, you know, nothing huge, but a nice bike. It didn't have any other hooks in his mouth, so... I don't think that was the culprit. And just been fighting that, like, you know when you hook up to a really good one. You can just kind of feel the strength on the other end, like, as they get ready to run. You can just kind of feel it, and that's what it felt like to me. So I don't think we caught the culprit that day, but uh, it was still a lot of fun. So, yeah, left with no bait, left with no hooks. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And we made it. Oh, we made a fire. That was – and, you know, and having a fire out there is kind of clutch because – as one can imagine, when it's 23 degrees and you're open water fishing, you're it's really hard to fish with gloves. So your hands get really cold. So it's you know catch a couple fish, go warm your hands up, pretty nice. Now had I would have remembered to bring other stuff like oh I don't know maybe some hot dogs that would have been cool. We could have cooked some hot dogs over the fire. So all stuff I need to keep in the back of my mind if I build up some sort of guide trip out there to make the experience pretty cool. Uh, I do think it would be a ton of fun for somebody who has never experienced that um, and just a, a different wintertime experience than your normal ice fishing. So, I don't know. I think it could catch on. We'll see how I get the word out. Mm, I don't know. So, anyways, if you guys are talking to anybody and, uh, you know, they're not the diehard fishermen, the diehard fishermen knows what they're doing. They don't, they don't need my help. They just go out there and do it. But if you have any... People you hear that are looking for a guide and want something fun to do, or maybe some people are up from the south visiting, whatever, send them my way. All right, anyways, so then the next day, then we then we start ice fishing. Next day, we head out uh, for panfish, and uh, the bite was pretty tough, and we'd been going to a spot that um, had been producing, uh, well, numbers and size. I mean, we were getting some good ones, uh, crappies and, and bluegills, but not today it was uh it was slow the bite was tough we were getting some fish but nothing impressive size structure was way down than it was in the past um it was getting kind of breezy and as the day wore on we kind of were like well what should we do should we go try to find something else um you know see if we can find some more active fish somewhere else or do you want to call it because i was like super tired because um was that I think I had gotten together with Giz, Jake, and Tony Dahlberg that night after yes, after uh fishing the river. 
and uh, went over to Giz's house, and we're kind of planning. We've got a little thing coming up for Minnesota Made Outdoors um, for the tournament season. We have a we're we're in the works doing a, like a, a live show for the weigh-in, and then on top on additional to that a like produced segment that we'll release um, called the weigh-in, where it's going to be not only Minnesota Made but also UPL. Ultimate Panfish League, and kind of just updating people on the current standings, who got what, how it was, and little inter- interview clips, and yada, yada, yada. So um, we just went there to kind of hash out some stuff, you know, brainstorm, come up with a plan, and then also we played some poker, so it was fun. It was a late night, so needless to say, I was very tired. I didn't get home, or I don't think I was in bed until like 2.30 in the morning or something, and then up early to go ice fishing the next day. I think I was on about four hours of sleep. Um, so yeah, I was pretty tired and my brother, I don't know why, but he happened to stay up to like midnight or something. So we were all pretty tired. Fishing was pretty tough. They were, they're from South Carolina, so they're a little cold. And, uh, we just decided to kind of call it at, I don't know, it was one thirty or two o'clock or something like that. So, um, that was that adventure. And then, uh, went fishing again. And this time went to a, a different lake. Well, Trent wanted to go to Mille Lacs, um, but that was New Year's. That that last fishing event was New Year's uh, Eve, and we had an impromptu get together at my sister's house, and so obviously that went late. And the getting up early and heading to Mille Lacs was not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, so we fished local, and uh, found. It took us a while to find the fish, but uh, once we found the fish, fishing was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was much better than the day before. And uh, they wanted a little fish fry, so we kept enough for a fish fry. And, uh, they, yeah, had a fish fry. It was it was awesome. So sent them packing back to South Carolina. And then Saturday, now we finally got to the weekend. Now, for me, because this was my first... Uh, time hitting doing any pre-fishing or scouting for the tournament series was my official start to the 2021 minnesota main outdoors ice fishing tournament series league whatever you want to call it um yeah so we joel and i headed out and uh, austin was helping us on saturday and we just did uh, a ton of camera work we did some fishing some like size checking uh, found some good stuff, or at least we thought it was good stuff. And then um, the second day, we checked out a different part of the lake and did, again, bunch of camera work, did some size checking, and was kind of coming up with a good strategy, was feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, thought we had some good fish, um, but kind of talking to some other people and what they found obviously not where they found it but like what they found and seeing people's pictures uh, that they were posting i'm kind of like shit um i don't know if our spots are as good as we thought they were we still got a lot of work to do so thankfully we have one more day before the event saturday we are going to hit it hard and focused um, not sure we'll do any fishing that day. It's going to be a ton of camera work. Um, you know what to look for now, 
You just gotta find it. So it's gonna take a bunch of little camera holes to get her done. Um, we might have to like split up seek and destroy mission. You know, one of us covers this part of the lake and one of us covers that part of the lake and we can kind of meet at different intervals during the day and see what we found or stay in contact. Um, but it's crunch time and just seeing how everybody else is doing pre-fishing and scouting. And then we ended up running to one of the new teams that came over from, uh, uh, MN pan, which is another tournament series league. And they're not going this year, uh, cause of COVID. So they jumped in on our, our leagues. We had some openings and just talking with them, you kind of get a feeling of, of their skill level. And I can safely say they know what they're doing. They've done well in the other league they were in. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely a new threat for sure. I think it's going to be skill level league-wide, just from the people carry over from year to year. Obviously, they're getting better every year. Now we've added some heavy hitters. Whew. We've got a work cut out for us. Like it's going to be really, it's going to be tough to be competitive this year. Um, I'm not putting anything on the table as far as where we're going to finish. So uh, we're just going to do what we do: um, scout, pre-fish, fish hard, all those cliche things. Um, let the chips fall where they may. I guess. Uh, I guess that's all we can do. But uh, looking forward to it. I, I love the spirit of competition. Uh, I love the, the, the camaraderie out there. The bonds just grow stronger every year. Uh, plans are already in the works. Like this week, I think Saturday, obviously a shit ton of people are going to be out there. Um, Lanky's bringing a grill, so we're all going to bring some different meats and grill up and hang out. So that's that's going to be awesome. And honestly, that's what it's all about. Sure, you know, winning a prize or placing this or that is, is fun and great and awesome. Everybody wants a plaque. Um, those are great. In my opinion, they're, they're worth more than any prize or money. I only got the one from Clearwater Lake last year, but I'm super proud of that one. Uh, so yes, hopefully this year we get another plaque. That would be awesome. But the bigger piece is just this league itself, the people in it, the camaraderie, the friendship. It's just all of it. It's a, it's quite a, a quite a thing for those that may be new to the show, Last year, I missed the last event because I was uh, guiding snow goose hunts down south. I think it was in, I was either in Arkansas, Missouri. I'm pretty sure I was in Missouri um, during that. Yeah, I was in Missouri during that event, and I just had a very uneasy feeling. I I missed the tournament. I missed the guys. I missed everything about it, and uh, pretty much made up my mind right then and there. Like, well, that's never happening again. Um, so with our last event, February 28th. That pretty much scratches off Arkansas and or Missouri. So my guiding will for spring snows is going to start in March. In fact, I was just in contact with Dean from Premier Flight um, Outfitters that that's what's going to happen. So like the first week of of uh, March, weather depending, I'll head to South Dakota and we'll do that. So if anybody would like to do uh, a guided trip to shoot some snow geese in the spring, Get a hold of Premier Flight. Uh, talk to Dean. He's gonna he'll set it up. He'll book you. But let him know you want to come hunt with me. That's you know, that's the important part. We'll have a lot of fun. So uh, it is fun for those of you who haven't done it. All the waterfallers out there that have been talking about it for years. If you have not done the spring snow goose thing, you absolutely have to do it. 
I don't care if you just go out there and you ditch pig or just go out there with a camera. The spring migration, whether whether you shoot birds or not, is 100% worth it. Like you've never seen anything like it in your life. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of birds. And I'm not just talking the snow geese. I'm talking there's the cacklers and the specks and all the ducks you can possibly think of, all in their prime breeding plumage by the hundreds. Like, it's just, it's such a sight. I've, it just, it jacks me up so much, if you can't tell. So uh, if, you, if you're a waterfaller, you got you to gotta do it at some point in time. Bucket list thing. So get a hold of Dean. Let's, let's go hunting. That's coming up. But save it for March. Because uh, I can't go otherwise. I got I got things I got things to do, man. So uh, that is that is the weekend. Boy, I blew through five days pretty fast. This is a pretty quick one. Um, what was I gonna rant about? I think I was gonna touch on this one earlier, but I didn't. And so I'll start with what I was originally gonna say, and then I'll amend it a little bit. So. If, Initially, a couple weeks ago when we first started ice fishing, I wasn't going to do so much as a rant as like give people credit because I wasn't seeing, you know, the usual garbage being left on the ice. You know, it was like people looked like they were cleaning up after themselves. All I was finding was like, you know, the little caps for the one-pound propane cylinders. Sometimes I'd find those on the ice and pick them up. And so I was going to be like, come on, guys, you're picking up your stuff. Don't just throw the cap on the ice. I know it's not a big thing, but it's like that's kind of the point, right? It's not a big thing, so just put it in your pocket. Take it back with you. If you brought it out there, bring it back. I don't really feel like this is that hard of a concept. So I was going to give everybody credit for doing a good job this year, which they did early, but it seems like the thicker the ice, the thicker the head, the skulls, and the morons come out because last weekend pre-fishing on Maple and even on the other lakes – starting to see more and more shit so not just you know not just the caps from those one pound cylinders entire empty one pound cylinders frozen in the ice they're really hard to get out to pick up after you clowns which i shouldn't have to do but i implore everybody out there i know it sucks but just pick up after people and you know that whole adage of leave it better than you found it i just don't is it the beer? Is it the drinking where you just get a little willy, you know, f- little too free with your whatever, and you're just not thinking like eh, somebody else to pick it up, or you just don't even give a shit, you don't even think about it? Because now I'm finding beer cans and I'm finding all sorts of pop bottles, and you know, again, the one pound cylinders. Like nobody wants that. What, here's what I don't understand: is you as a person going out to recreate on your favorite lake or to do whatever. Are you hoping that when you go there, you just see one-pound cylinders bobbing in the water or washed up in shore come spring or a bunch of plastic bags and beer cans and all sorts of shit just floating around? You just The whole shoreline looks like trash. Is that what you're hoping for? Is that what you want? No, you'd bitch about it, and you'd probably blame the DNR for not cleaning up after you, but it's you fucks that are out there doing it. Like, Just pick up after yourself. It's really not that hard. You went out there with a sled, whether you pulled it or you have a wheeler or a snowmobile or whatever the hell it is. And it seems to get worse once you can drive on the ice, which now you really don't have an excuse. Take your shit back with you. And take other people's shit back with you if they don't pick up after themselves. It's really, 
really not that hard. Um, that's my rant. We need to police each other on this, and I'm fine. You got to call somebody out. You got to shame somebody. They picked up. You know, you get these busy spots, and somebody, oh, they're done. They pick up their stuff, and they load their sled up, and you see them pulling away, and there's some shit laying right where their footprint of their old hub house was or their flip over or whatever. Yell at them. Say, hey, fuck nuts. You going to pick up those beer cans or what? Get into a pistol match. I don't care. You should be trash shaming them. It's, it's ridiculous. So that's my one rant of the year for leaving trash on the ice. I hope it's my only rant. Let's make it better. Let's do a good job of picking up after ourselves and other people and move on with our life. That was almost a keep your effing carp kind of a moment. But I don't I get it pisses me off. So and it should piss everybody else off too, for that matter. There you go, everybody. There's your weekend, more than weekend, five day recap and rant. Uh everything's gonna be ramping up. Season's starting. Official next weekend, so stay tuned, everybody. We got big things in the works for Minnesota Made. Uh the weigh-in, that's gonna be super cool. Um follow along. Uh, on my page, Snapchat. Make sure you're following Minnesota Made Outdoors on Facebook, Instagram, all that. Um, but, uh, full scale outdoors on all those things, obviously. And uh, yeah, watch for watch for the live. We'll go Facebook live, and I think we're going YouTube live too this year on uh, for our weigh-in. So check it out. It's gonna be amazing. Can't wait. All right, everybody, stay safe out there. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Every once in a while, it's fun to go with, like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.